Hello. And welcome to Tears of Coven. I'm Andrew. And I'm Alyssa. This week, we are talking about everyday magic. All right. So how are you doing, Andrew? I haven't talked to you, like, <laughs> voice to voice in a while. Yeah, I, I'm okay. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was at a show last night. What's your excuse? <laughs> um, I have none. No, um... Weekends are always hard mm. for me because they're when I do my testosterone shot. Mm. And so my hormones are all like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so I did it this morning, but then there's like the, I have a blood sugar drop when I do the shot. Yikes. Um, just cause I have like anxiety and don't like doing shots. And so then I always have a headache and I have anxiety and so I drank a lot of tea, but I'm still blah, blah, blah. And like, there's an emotional toll to that, you know? Yeah. So that's my excuse. How did the show? Was the show? It was good. I cried. <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> so um, I went to see The Prom on Broadway last night because I live in New York City and that's a thing that I can do. Um, <laughs> and it, for those who don't know, it's a musical about a group of like middle-aged kind of has-been Broadway actors who hear about a girl in Indiana who wanted to bring her girlfriend to her prom and the PTA, you know, lost their shit and decided to cancel the prom because they felt that that would be easier than banning the one specific student who they didn't want to go because she's gay. Obviously. And, yeah. And so they, the... Actors, in order to kind of, like, prove that they're selfless because they just got a really bad review saying that they were, like, super narcissistic, they go to Indiana to try and help, making everything worse in the process because, you know, it's a comedy. Obviously. Um, and it turns out that the girlfriend is the daughter of the um, PTA president who's leading the charge to keep the prom canceled. And it's just really good. And there's a song where Emma, like, in order to kind of, like, stand up and tell her story, instead of, like, going on a late night show or whatever, um, she records a song and posts it on YouTube. Mm. And the song is called Unruly Heart. And I burst into tears. I was going to guess that. <laughs> burst into tears. Eddie didn't notice, but um, <coughs> I did. Um, well, no, because I wasn't, like, full-on sobbing, but, like, mm -hmm. you know, it was just that, like, uncontrollable, you know, mm -hmm. you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it was it yeah. was a really good show. It was a really good show. And it was really cute because there was this, like, musical theater group of, like, kids who, um, I don't know if they had, like, won a contest or arranged something, but um, they were, like, down in the audience, and during the finale song, they all, like jumped up and started like singing really well might i add <laughs> with the um cast and um we knew it was happening because one of the lead actors or one of the actors came out before the show and he was like hi i'm chris and i'm in this show um and told us what was going to happen and i was like oh that's really cute and then um at the end of the show uh, we were up in the mezzanine so i couldn't see the kids but i could hear them and i was like well, shit, those kids are better singers than I am, and they are, like, 12. Um, so that was really good. But we got in really late, and I, I slept for many hours, which I needed. Yeah. Shall we talk about the magics? Yeah. 
So what's your definition for everyday magic? So for me, it's the the little things that help us tap into our magic without having to do all of the big stuff. You know, it's, I'm just going to, little peek behind the curtain for the listeners. My notes here say probably some other stuff I will think of later. (laughs) Spoiler alert, never went back into this document to think of other stuff later. So this is all off the cuff. Uh, I'm sorry, future Alyssa, who has to edit this. Um, (laughs) So it's things like little pieces of jewelry um, or just like the little, you know, minor things that don't take a lot of energy, a lot of effort that you're able to do every day in order to kind of feel magical or to tap into that magic within you. That's really interesting. And I think part of it, so my definition is very different. And I think part of that is like you and I just like understand and practice very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is part so of the reason me, that I want to do this podcast with you. <laughs> yeah, because it is just so different. Um, there are as many way, different ways to practice witchcraft as there are witches who practice. Yes. So I think of everyday witchcraft as the idea of going through your day with magic as the intent. Mm. And putting power and intent into your everyday actions without the need of specific ritual. Mm. So like instead of bringing things along, which I think you think of that are like like the witch things that you do every day, I think of it more as like just being a witch every day. Just like doing things as a witch every day. <laughs> that makes sense. And I definitely, I think that there is a little bit of an aspect of that to the way that I go about things, especially more recently. But for me, I think for me, especially because I don't always have a lot of energy to do more than what I absolutely need to do in a given day. Um, the, I mean, they're kind of mini rituals, but they don't require as much effort. Like I don't have to like lay out like 8 million candles and like, you know, make sure that the correct blend of herbs and spices is you know, being burned is, you know, I don't have to do all that stuff. I'm going to talk more about like how I do everyday magic. Um, but it's, it's a lot of stuff that like helps me feel magical when I otherwise feel like I'm dead inside. Yeah. Which is so fair. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the topic of a future episode is like witchcraft whilst spoony or whilst disabled i really hate that word disabled for various reasons which we can talk about in that episode but um a lot of it has to do with that for me Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, yeah for sure and i think part of it for me is this like for me it helps build better patterns to just to like reframe the way i'm thinking about going through my daily life Mm. rather than have to change my specific actions Mm -hmm. and like look at my life it's just like well I'm a witch so every single thing that I do has power and if I think about that more consciously and intentionally put power into everything I do um it makes it more accessible and it makes it more like just the magic of of the everyday and and of just the patterns that I'm already going to occupy doing those with witchcraft and power Hmm, that's really interesting um, so we have both alluded to stuff that we're going to talk about later. Do we want to jump into the later? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. So how do you practice everyday magic? Like, What does it entail for you? What do you normally do? Um, so like I said, a lot of it is just going through intent um, with intent. So part of it is I start most days with a shower that is just like a big like cleanse and like Mm -hmm. I'm starting fresh I'm starting new 
Yeah, for sure. And that allows me to just like reset from the night and just like starting the day. When I was at school and I had to get up for work at like 6.20 every morning, it was a really good way to just like get up, shower, go to work, be cleansed even before I have to deal with people. Mm. Um, I have my Hagstone necklace that I wear. It's re- it's really about my individual rituals and practices that are like embroidery, writing, you know, walking. Mm-hmm. That it's just doing those things with intent and with power. Um, something that I have found is when I'm like interacting with animals or nature it's tapping into that which which sense that which part of me that's like feeling my connection yeah that that's so interesting um because i live right near the bronx zoo and so i try and go a lot and the first time that i went this year which was a couple months ago i remember texting you and i was like there's just like this like intense magical energy here Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it was just like the people i mean usually human interaction drains me so i don't think it was so much that but like being around the animals and like it's mostly it's a um it's the wildlife conservation society and so it's very much like natural like there were peacocks just kind of like chilling out of enclosures um because they're open air enclosures and you know there's this whole like congo exhibit where you're basically walking through a rainforest and they've got like misters and stuff and like it was just so and plus it was like very gorgeous and like a sunny day and I spent a ridiculous amount of time just standing by the scene lines because like it smelled like seawater because it was seawater and I was just like can I just stay here forever (laughs) (laughs) um and I definitely felt like that actually like really helped me feel a bit more magical um just kind of being around all of that stuff and I don't think I I I mean I I kind of put two and two together at the time but um I think that the way you just explained it makes a little bit more sense than what my brain came up with at the time (laughs) yeah it's just being able to recognize like what's happening like and I think that is something that's changed for me in practicing everyday magic and just like noticing in like the mundane you know, profane moments that's like, oh, there's this other part of me that's sensing this in a spiritual way, Mm -hmm. that's sensing this in a witchcraft way. And it's taken years to be able to dissect the two parts of me and be like, this doesn't just feel nice. Here is why it feels nice. I don't know. Yeah, I always find, and this is, I'm still contemplating a lot of this in um, my head. Um, I feel like whenever I'm, like, really more in touch with, like, the spiritual, I'm more in touch with, like, the rest of my body. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of times I kind of feel like I'm just kind of, like, a brain attached to, like, a fleshy meat sack that hurts all of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but when I am more in touch with my spirituality, I kind of can feel my energy and my like being flowing through like the rest of my body which as someone who has a really complicated relationship with their body because of the variety of chronic issues that it has is a really nice feeling for me um and I remember that having that feeling for the first time when I started doing yoga which I don't do anymore because it hurts my knee and I cannot afford to go to an instructor 
who can, you know, watch out and make minor adjustments so that I'm not hurting myself more and therefore I'm terrified <laughs> to um, actually practice because mm-hmm. I really don't want to make my knees worse. But it was definitely a very similar feeling and um, kind of like I said in the first episode where I wish that I had kind of like come to realize that swimming could have been a really important like part of a spiritual practice for me. Um, I think that yo- starting yoga was a huge part of the start of this journey for me, even if I didn't call it witchcraft for another, like, two or three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I feel like, I mean, I don't think you can separate spirituality from self, from physical, and, like, like I don't think you can. Like, they're so attached. Oh, yeah, no, there's there's definitely, like, a very strong, like, connection between the mind, the body, and the spirit. And when those three things are, like, in sync, it feels so good. <laughs> oh, so nice. Yeah. This is also a topic of a different podcast, but just, like, you talking about having a complicated relationship with your body because of chronic pain, mm-hmm. which I totally relate to. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm trans. We've, like, <laughs> it's in the name. Like, we have some issues, my body and I. Um, and practicing everyday magic, practicing, like, this idea of, like, being a witch all the time has given me permission to love my body mm. more. It's like, I have given myself permission to love my body more because it's fucking magic. It is a magical body. It might hurt. It might not have been what I needed it to be all the time. It's still not sometimes. Um, (laughs) Like when I have to do my fucking shot in the morning. But being able to go through every day and feel magical and feel like a witch. I can forgive my body easier than I was able to before. And... That is something that is so cool. Yeah. And I love that. That We're definitely going to do another episode about this. Yeah. So tangent over. But um, something else, just like to wrap up my, my personal everyday magic practices, walking in <laughs> the woods is my favorite thing. I just like at school... I had a spe- I have a, I have a path um, from my dorm to the cafeteria, and I would, I had like seven or eight trees that I'd be like, hey, how's it going? How you doing? How you feeling? <laughs> and we'd check in every day, every morning, um, and that was such a way to just like ground myself. And so that's probably the most like outside ritual thing I did. Actually, just a really brief interlude that I'm just going to say here because I want to remember this. Um, but you you gave that really nice, like, five-minute talk at the Interfaith Conference that you went to. Um, that's very much about this ritual, I yes. think. If you don't mind sending me that video when this episode goes mm-hmm. up, I think I'm going to put that on our Twitter because it's, uh, really, cause it's a really good, good. talk that kind of goes into a lot of this. And also the story of the, the tree funeral kind of warms my heart i mean it makes me sad but it warms my heart um and so i think we can we should put that up for folks to be able to listen to or watch if you want i was so nervous i don't actually (laughs) remember giving it but yeah but it is about that and um trees are just so cool team that's gonna be our first t-shirt trees (laughs) trees are just so cool (laughs) 
<laughs> I love them so much. Um, I So I'm in a different location this summer than I usually am. And meeting the trees here has been really nice. Because mm. there's some old trees here. And some fresh baby trees. Because they just planted an orchard. So there's like teenager trees. Some like fresh baby trees. Some like old grandparent trees. And I love it. It's so good. This is um Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a pawpaw orchard. And then there's just like a bunch of different, so many trees. I know what that is, she said, <laughs> not knowing at all what that is. They're like pawpaws. I actually hate them. <laughs> I hate the fruit. I don't like them. Mm. But the trees are really I cute. I will Google them. They're like, I don't know, they're kind of papaya-y. They're weird. Okay. All right. I got it. Yeah, they definitely look weird. Oh, the fruit looks weird. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, they're weird. Okay, I'm making this go away now. I don't like them, but the, the trees are fine. <laughs> they're trees. They're perfect. They can't help their fruit. Anyway, how do you practice everyday magic? So, um, like you, uh, wa- bathing. Not so much just showers, um, but bathing is a very big part of it for me. Um, I also shower in the morning. Um, it's kind of a requirement of having curly hair. Um, and, uh, water, as you guys are going to come to learn this, and if you haven't already, water is pretty much sacred to me, um, in a number of ways, and so I really like using it as part of my practice, and so I try to make my showers, you know, a spiritual cleansing as well as a physical one, um, and another thing that I started doing when I moved into this apartment, because we have a bathtub, um, that... I really, I mean, it's not that big, but it, it does the job. <laughs> I can submerge myself in it. Um, not fully, yeah, not fully submerge, but enough that it, you know, it does the trick. Um, so I, I, I like to take baths, um, and usually what I will do is if I'm having a bad day, if I'm feeling anxious or stressed or sad or in pain, especially when I'm in pain because the hot water really helps relax the like muscles that are hurting um and like kind of like stretch out my joints and it just it helps Mm -hmm. um but I kind of I I don't know what it is but I I have this kind of like practice where I just like I can't like lay fully flat but like I'll let my like feet and my like the bottom part of my knee like my calves dangle out of the tub so that I can kind of like float Mm-hmm. Um, like my head and my hair and that is a very calming practice for me I don't fully submerge my face because um, then breathing becomes a thing and you know <laughs> but I, I basically I let the water cover me just enough so that like my mouth and my nose are above the water so that I can breathe and I just kind of float there and it feels so nice um And it also kind of allows me to feel like I can like mentally transport myself to like a beach or like an ocean setting that way because that's something that I like to do in the ocean is just kind of like lay back and let the waves do their thing. Um, So so that's a really big part of my not every day, but most day practice is just kind of like hopping in the bath. And even if it's only for like 10, 15 minutes of just like letting the water fill up and it's nice. Um, I also have magical jewelry that I like to wear. Um, I've been kind of alternating because I had to take my pentacle off um, because I was going to a family event and I haven't put it back on because I'm going to another family event 
uh, soon. Um, yeah. But I actually found out, because um, I kept my amethyst pendant on. I talked about this in the first episode. Um, I kept the amethyst pendant on because I felt mm-hmm. like it would help ground me and keep me calm. Amethyst is like the thing for me. Um, it's my favorite crystal. And I found out that it's actually my grandmother's birthstone, um, which added like a really powerful additional layer to it for me. Um, not because my grandma is like, you know, magical or whatever. She was raised Catholic. Like my whole family is Catholic. I'm the first person as far as I'm aware to, um, not be Catholic. Well, I mean, I have like family members who've like transitioned to like deism or like atheism or agnostic agnosticism is that the word for that mm-hmm. um who you know kind of gone that way but i'm like the only person who's gone like hard turn into a different faith practice and like a different belief system mm-hmm. um but like for me i i view my grandmother my grandmother is an extremely strong person this is my living grandmother um she's an extremely strong person mm-hmm. um she is from the puerto rican side of my family um, she's the one who started teaching me Spanish when I was little, although she lives in Florida most of the year, and so it was very hard to continue that. Um, but she is incredibly strong emotionally as well. She's just a badass. She's just a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. And That's awesome. so while she doesn't, you know, have a kind of, like, witchcraft or anything like that. I'm kind of, like, carrying her strength and her fire with me in that way now that I know that that stone has that connection to her. Mm-hmm. And although I view Amethyst as a very calming stone, that specific necklace, because she, like, identified it for me, was like, oh, I love your necklace. Do you know that's my birthstone? It's become something more than that now that I still don't have the words for, but... um it's just kind of come to me mm-hmm. a lot more to me now. I relate a lot yeah. to that. And like, so I have a specific cardigan that I wear a lot. If you see a picture of me wearing a cardigan, it's probably that cardigan. Is it the white cable knit one? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a big white cable knit with like big brown buttons. I only guessed that because that's the one that you came off of the plane wearing when I saw you. And I know you're not too keen mm-hmm. on flying. So I, I assume that if you were going to be wearing... Uh, anything it would be a special cardigan mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it's big and cozy and I love it and um, it was my grandfather's and it's funny because my sister actually t- like he gave it to her she kind of took it she took it without his permission mm-hmm. but then he gave his permission when he was still alive and then we just kind of had it and then he mm-hmm. died about a year later and so then my sister like didn't want to wear it and we ended up like going through old stuff um, and I found it and I just immediately was like, this is something mm. sacred and special to me. And it's not like it was originally I wore it because of him, but now it's more than that. But part of it is because mm. of him. And I, yeah, and like my grandfather was not a witch. <laughs> he was Quaker <laughs> Unitarian. But um, he was someone very sacred and special to me. And I am, I feel not necessarily like I'm embodying him, but I feel connected to him mm-hmm. through that. And so when I wear that, I'm like, this is my armor. I have a blanket like that. My great-grandmother made it. 
Um, she, she made blankets all the time. She passed when I was five or six years old. Um, and so I'm one of the last people who was fortunate enough to have her make one for me when I was born. Um, and there was a period of time where Eddie was going to have to move away from me for a while, um, during a time when he should have been with me. And I was having a really hard time with that. So I had my mom ship it to me. And um, that period mm-hmm. of time ended up being much shorter for reasons that I'm not going to get to get into on this podcast. But um, having that blanket just really helped me feel safe. And even to this day, even though I will wake mm-hmm. up in the middle of the night in a like sweat because I'm wearing two, like I'm using two layers of blanket, I still, I have a hard time sleeping without it because, um, again, my great-grandmother, vehemently Catholic, probably would lose her mind if she found out that I was practicing witchcraft. But, um, yeah. Powers, powers, power. I, I don't know this for sure, but from the stories that my dad has told me and the other family members on that side of the family, a lot of this has to do with my father's side of the family, which is very interesting. Um, and <laughs> um, yeah. But she... um was a very loving woman and she um i i can almost imagine her um i believe it's crocheted i'd have to show you you would know better than i um but making this Mm -hmm. blanket and just pouring her love and her being and her soul into it um because it's big it definitely took a lot of time um yeah and i i see it as and I, I never saw it this way when I was little, but as I've been thinking more about this like kind of spiritual practice and this um, connection to our you know ancestors and things like that, I, I see it as a way of her you know still protecting me and still keeping me safe because I have a really hard time sleeping sometimes. Um, anxiety and depression and PTSD will do that to a person. Um, and it, I, it does it helps me fall asleep better. Um, whether I have my fiance next to me or if I'm alone, um, it helps me fall asleep better. It helps me feel more secure. Um, so it's, it's very much a similar feeling, um, which I really, really love. <sighs> okay, I'm going to like start crying. <laughs> so we're going to shift um, <laughs> to something else that I do. Um, I did not buy this next item with the intent of it being a magical thing, but it just kind of became one for me. Um, I was in Target and I was looking at candles because now that I live on my own, I can light candles um, because... I'm shaking my head, just so you know. Why are you shaking your head? Because I'm jealous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only reason is because, you know, I when I like was at home, home, like in college, obviously, you can't burn candles. Which is my, which is why I'm shaking my head. <laughs> yeah. When I was like, you know, living with my parents, um, my dad has very, very bad lung issues. And so the smoke and the like scents mm-hmm. from candles are very strong. And like literally, um, we, my mom used to burn candles. And she, he would like choke. It was, is bad. It's really bad. Um, but well, I was in Target and I, I was just kind of like looking at the candles and there was this one that I kept getting like, you know, drawn to. It didn't really have a strong or noticeable smell to it. Um, like when I, you know, took the lid off of it to give it a little sniff. But there was just something about it. It smells like sea salt and driftwood, which, I mean, 
if we're going to talk about my connection to the sea, obviously, it's that. But <laughs> also, I mean, if you just, like, light it, for, like, unless you light it for, like, an hour or more so that, like, enough of it melts down, you don't notice the smell. Um, but as I started lighting it, um, just kind of just to have a candle lit that wasn't part of my, like, you know, magical candles, um, it helped me feel good in different ways. Um, so I, I like to light it just for a little while each day. I don't like to leave candles lit for too long because I'm terrified of starting a fire, um, which... Reasonable. Yeah, so, I mean, if you are going to light candles, please practice basic fire safety, folks. My, my fire extinguisher, um, actually more often than it's next to my oven in my kitchen where it should be, it's with my <laughs> witchcraft supplies in case I, anything terrifying happens um um but the other big thing that I do and this is something that because um when I was living with my parents my mom had started diffusing essential oils and they didn't affect my dad as much um probably just by nature of how they're made or by nature of how they're diffused there's no smoke involved or anything um but my mom when I moved back had an extra one and she um knew that I was, you know, suffering with anxiety and stuff like that. So she gave it to me and she just, you know, let me try, you know, some different oils that might help with that. And oh my God, lavender is like, <laughs> I might, <laughs> I might have to do a whole segment or a whole episode just on lavender. Um, but then at some point I acquired some sage essential oil and I found a, a blend online that's just equal parts lavender and sage in the like diffuser water and it smells really nice it kind of tamps down the kind of intensity of a lavender essential oil a little bit um because sometimes if you just burn lavender or diffuse lavender it can be a little dizzying it's very strong um but if you put the like sage into it kind of like balances everything out and it gives it it's just it's the it's my favorite thing in existence is this (laughs) lavender and sage um blend it's three drops of lavender and three drops of sage it's really nothing that fancy but you um, know whenever I'm feeling unsettled the first thing I do is I go to one or both of my essential oil diffusers because I have two and I put that in and I th- that's the um those two oils are the ones that I'm constantly buying like even if I'm not out I'm like let me get this just in case um and I, I diffuse it in whatever room I'm in and it whenever I'm feeling unsettled, it really helps to, like, calm me and bring me back to center. Um, so that's something really big that I like to do. Um, I also do like to find, like, find the magic in my everyday life. Like, there's a couple of outfits that I have that help me feel more magical. Um, the other day, I actually, like, walked outside, and it was kind of overcast and kind of windy, and just this, like, breeze kind of like washed over me and like I could feel it like charging me and reinvigorating me so things like that like finding ways to use nature to you know Mm -hmm. supplement your magic um I actually a tattoo artist that I follow on Instagram or who I follow on Instagram recently mentioned something about using mindfulness as a witchcraft practice which totally makes sense Um, And I've been definitely trying to do that for myself as well recently, Um, finding stillness and observing Mm -hmm. it and honoring it, um, which can be really difficult for me. But when I am able to do that, it definitely, A, helps my mental health, but really 
really helps my spiritual or my spirituality. Mm -hmm. As an ADHD person, (laughs) finding stillness is sometimes the worst thing. Like it's like I've had to cope with the fact that stillness doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. equate to calm for me. Like I want it to so bad. I want it to so bad, but it it just a lot of times can't. No, I got that. But there's something just so powerful about just Mm -hmm. stillness. Also, that just made me think of something everyday magic. My tattoos. Mm. Like having tattoos. I'm a big fan, but. Part of it for me is just being able to look at them and hold them because I I have four tattoos and they're all on my arms in grab reach. And when I I can just like lay my hand on one and just think back to the value, that's why I got that one. And it just brings me back. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I mean, when you mentioned that, I immediately thought about like, I mean, I only have one tattoo and it's very small and it's a semicolon on my left wrist. Um, and for those of you who don't know the significance of semicolons as a tattoo in the semicolon tattoo project, um, it's, uh, in, I'm going to go into English teacher mode for a minute. (laughs) In grammar, semicolons are used when an author could have ended the sentence with a period, but chose to continue it on. Um, and so that kind of extends into a metaphor for those in the mental health or for those, yeah, in the mental health community who, um, who are struggling with suicidal ideation and a semicolon kind of becomes a reminder of all the times that you could have ended your sentence, your life, but chose to carry on or, you know, someone came and helped and saved you and you were able to carry on um, regardless of what the case may be for an individual person. Um, And I still have a hard time with that sometimes, but I, I still struggle with suicidal ideation sometimes, and I put it on the wrist that I never cut or anything like that, but I, I would scratch because um, that didn't leave scars, and it would still give me that sensation that I needed. Um, I put it right there where I do that, and so it's kind of this nice reminder for me that, like, hey, you survived this. You're going to survive a lot more. Just, like, don't give up. Continue on. Um and so I got that, but I've recently been thinking about, you know, what I want next, um, and I really, the two things that I'm really leaning towards right now are a, an, a tattoo of the Queen of Cups, um, inspired by the line Strider Tarot, mm-hmm. but obviously whatever artist I go to, I'm just going to kind of let them do their thing with the line Strider card as a reference. I might actually bring in a couple other Queens of Cups and just be like, this is, these are the Queens that I like, can you do? Um, and then I've also been thinking about getting a, like, bouquet of lavender on my thigh. But, yeah, so, like, I, f- I feel like tattoos, um, by nature, are deeply, deeply personal. A lot of people say that they just kind of get whatever strikes their fancy, but... Which is so valid. Yeah, 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 but for me, and I think this may be true for you as well, Andrew, they're more personal than that. They're the things that have meaning to us, especially because, you know, you're spending a lot of money on something that's going to be permanently etched into your skin Mm -hmm. unless you want to spend exponentially more money to get it removed in an exponentially more painful procedure. Um, That only mostly works. Yeah, that only mostly works. I think we have similar kind of views on that, but it it definitely 
can be a kind of a kind of magic. Also, the process of tattoo that this is a, you know another topic, but the process of tattooing. I know a lot of tattoo artists who see it this way, and I see it this way as as a kind of blood magic, as a kind of magic in creating art mm. on skin and power, and I love that. And that's how I kind of think mm-hmm. of them also. Um, but Yeah, that's a, that's a maybe we'll get one of your yeah. tattoo artist friends as a guest, and they can talk about that a little bit more, because I don't know any tattoo artists. I wish I did. They seem like cool people. <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough. If you're a tattoo artist, yeah. befriend um, me. <laughs> yeah, if you're befriend a both tattoo of artist us. based out of New York, uh, hit me out. <laughs> uh, Joyce Wang specifically. <laughs> Are you familiar with her work? I'm not, but... I'm going to send you her Instagram. She does these beautiful florals. They're, they're... Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yes, I am, because you showed it when I was up there. Yeah, um, she does beautiful floral pieces. She's who I want to do the lavender, but her minimum is $350. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway. anyway. So that, that's a lot. Uh, is there anything more that we want to say about this? I'm scanning the notes, but... I don't think so. Yeah, I think... I think about practicing, I'm done. Yeah. And then a quick and then, impact, yeah. and then it, done. So, um, <clears throat> so um, the last thing that we're going to talk about is how these everyday practices like really impact our witchcraft and our lives. Um, yeah. Do you want to start? Sure. Um, so, to be honest, a lot of days it's the only witchcraft I'm able to do. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not a big, you know, let's get, like I said earlier, I'm not a big, like, let's get like 80 million candles and, you know, this incense and that incense and, you know doing all that stuff. I, I really, I never have the energy for it. Um, I never have the resources for all of that stuff, like the big rituals. They, they're very expensive. Um, so doing everyday little things um, really helps me feel connected to my craft. Oh, additionally, um, just I'm remembering this now. Another thing I do, I do have like spell candles, charm candles, and I'll just kind of like light one for whatever intent I need. Like I have a friend whose uh, son has a really bad infection and is in the hospital right now. So I've got a light blue candle going for uh, my friend and her family for healing because they're going through a lot of stuff on top of the fact that their kid is sick. So like things like that, they're just very mm-hmm. simple little, little things. Um, like even when I can't sit down and do like a full on ritual, which I very rarely do. Um, and it just lets me feel connected to my witchcraft on a daily basis, especially especially when I'm wearing, like, a really witchy outfit. Which, but, like, really witchy <laughs> outfits for me are very different than, like, it's not always the, you know, black and the whatever. I have, like, a red skirt with pockets, like a midi skirt that comes to, like, the middle of my calves. And I'm like, this makes me feel very witchy because it makes me feel good and confident. Um, but that's, that's really what it does. It helps me feel connected to my craft on a, a daily basis rather than how I used to kind of practice was very kind of like disjointed and was like, yeah, I'm feeling witchy today, so I'm going to do something. So I kind of have shifted that to finding the things that I can do so that I can feel witchy instead of the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that is a lot of what it is for me. 
And it's this idea of like embracing myself as a witch and thus all of my actions Mm -hmm. are witchcraft. And putting that intent and power into everything has really changed Mm -hmm. the game for me. Instead of valuing and prioritizing rituals that I, I don't know. I am at this point where I really don't want to do spells or rituals or anything that I find that someone else has done or that like I'm there's a guide like I want it to come from my body my experience where I'm at and I think which I'm not like every the way that everyone practices Mm. is valid I just right now feel connected to my craft that way that I need it to be me generated and it just so happens that I really don't have energy to do big rituals and I also like have never really felt it like it doesn't feel super critical to me and so it was interesting for me when you suggested this topic because I think of my witchcraft as everyday magic like that's just how I practice. <laughs> That's just what I do. That is my witchcraft. It is my big capital W witchcraft. It's just everyday magic. It's just like living with intention and living. And it's like, let me be happier about it. So it's not like a place of like grief or shame when I don't do things yeah. every day or I don't read tarot every day or I don't do rituals or full moon rituals or new moon rituals every time and just or like even just like on the full moon like go outside and be like hey moon how's it going Mm -hmm. and have that be it you know like that's okay and I think practicing every day has like given me permission to do that um I think for me yeah because I when I was thinking about this topic I definitely did kind of think of it in a similar way of like I mean I'm a witch every day so what I do is magic every day. But I was thinking more about the, like, more conscientious things that I choose to do. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I feel like also a lot of people, especially folks who are starting out, feel like they can't be witches unless they're doing the big rituals. You know, they have to get the, you know, this, that, or the other. Yeah, they have to get this, that, or the other spell book that costs way too much money, even if you get it off of Amazon. And, um, you know, the... In- and, like, buy fancy-dancy herbs. and or, or it's, like, get this specific, like, kind of candle with this niche yeah. scent that you can only buy for $60 mm-hmm. yeah. somewhere. And it's, like, it has to be done on the full moon in pisces on a tuesday and it's just like yeah and that's just too much no it's too much (laughs) so i i mean i I like some of the spells and spell books i like just kind of reading them and being like that's cool and then tweaking them for my own purposes occasionally but um i just kind of wanted to talk about the things that we do that help us feel like witches because neither of us really do the you know big ritual ritual stuff um yeah i mean my altar has been a mess and by a mess i mean i just kind of had to unpack all of it and put it in a shelf for a little while while i kind of rearranged some stuff yeah i don't have a ritual right now because i'm not at Mm -hmm. home 
from at a different location. So I'm working on it. I'm setting Ooh. that up this week, but I don't, I haven't had one for, you know, you really a month. You should make like a travel which, altar because you travel so much over the summer, like a shoebox altar. I know, but yeah, I know. And I want to, but it's just like, if I, I don't know. It's the whole other, <laughs> whole other topic again. No, I don't know. I really do need to. I just also, part of it for me is just having, I don't know. But yeah, that's why I feel just so scattered right now. And I think part of that is I don't have something that I'm channeling into that I can sort and have nice and pristine. Yeah. Um, I'm moving my altar because uh, where it currently is, I need to put guinea pigs when I get them. So um, mm-hmm. I know where I'm going to put it. I just... Um, I'm gonna put it on my dresser, which I think is gonna be really nice, um, and like I'll be able to like maintain like my intent there a little bit better. But wow, I need to like clean my bedroom first because it's a mess, and I don't <laughs> want that energy <laughs> coming into like yeah. that's another thing. For a lot of the like big witchcraft, I need to feel like my energy is right, and uh, it's never right when it needs to be right. Like the full moon is on Monday, mm-hmm. for one thing. I am going to be proctoring an exam until 7 o'clock at night. So, uh, you know, I'm going to come home from that exhausted. There's no way I'm going to do anything. So I'll probably just, like, pull, like, one or two tarot cards and call it a night. Yeah. I might not do anything. Like, which, different, we are different folks practicing differently. You actually have, like, a deep spiritual practice surrounding them. I do. I have a very deep, yeah. Again, and I kind of do, but it's it's less. I just, it, art, it's not my fault that artists is so big in my life. No, <laughs> it's literally. Yeah, you have a deity connotation to the moon. Yeah. I'm more like you're a nice glowing yeah. friend. I mean, I have a deity association with the moon, and also like the moon is so deeply connected to the sea. Um. So like, and mm-hmm. I, I I was actually. Cause you're a sea witch. I I was writing about this i don't remember why i was writing about it but oh i because i was jotting down ideas for a future episode about identity and witchcraft um about the like connection between all of the things that i like feel so strongly connected to like the sea and the moon and the stars and like that connection really only clicked with me recently and again we're going to talk about this more when we do that identity episode you know the the moon is tidally locked with the earth and it you know has that really strong connection with the sea and the moon and the tides um but then also sailors used to um you know for centuries navigated the sea by using the stars which there's an even deeper connection because on my mother's side i have like three generations of men who are sailors um my Mm -hmm. grandfather was in the navy during world war ii my uncle was in the Navy during the Korean War, I believe, um, and he still works at a Navy shipyard. And my brother is at a maritime school right now getting his engineer license, and he's thinking about going into the Navy. Um, so there's this just really strong connection to the sea in my family. I'm the only one to bring it into, like, a spiritual realm, but, like, when my brother was on um, his, like, internship, on an oil rig over the summer he like called my mom and was like i can feel pop pop with me here like full on like my brother had like a a spiritual experience 
like, like a, a moment, moment yeah and like my mother burst into tears uh, when she was telling me about it um but like we have on my mom's side of the family just this i mean gener- the three generations now that i know about it could be further back but my grandfather is not living unfortunately he also passed when i was like six years old um and so i can't really learn about the generations before him but there's just such a strong connection to that and um so it's just really really fascinating to me and again we're going to talk about this on another episode (laughs) i'm sorry i have a lot of thoughts in my brain yes and you like to share them out loud i do mostly because my brain is so like overactive as it is if i don't get things out of it i that that's why i was like let's do a podcast because it's just <laughs> us sharing our thoughts. <laughs> I, I, half of this is going to get edited out. Yeah. I keep making more work for myself. Anyway, we should, we should outro this bad boy. Okay. All right. So once again, I'm Andrew. I'm Alyssa. And this is Tuesday Coven. Talked about everyday magic. Uh, Go follow us at Choose a Coven Pod on Twitter, where we will be putting episode updates and fun content mentioned in the episode, relating to the episode. Like for this episode, we're going to link, I guess, my video talking about... Is it just that you don't remember it, or do you like really feel like weird about it going into the world? No, it's okay to go into the world. I'm okay with it. I'm just self-conscious because I don't think it's that good, but other people like it. As someone who frequently speaks in public, that's always going to happen. Every time you speak in public. (sighs) Oh, I know. I also frequently speak in public. I just don't like how I sound. Um, Anyway. uh, I'm probably going to put a picture of the sweater that Andrew's talking about and about the necklace that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And the blanket I was talking about. Um, um, so also make sure that you uh, subscribe if you are uh, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or other services where you can subscribe. Um, and leave us a review if you can. And share this podcast with other humans and or animals. Uh, but preferably humans because... Or trees. Yeah, trees as well. Feel free to share it with the trees, uh, the ocean, etc. Um so thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Choose a Coven Pod. You can also find us on Instagram at Choose a Coven Pod. And you can email us at Choose a Coven Pod at gmail.com. If you liked this episode and are excited for more, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And please share it with other humans and animals and plants and trees specifically. I'm Alyssa, and you can find me on Twitter at LissWritesStuff. I'm Andrew, and you can find me on Twitter at LAndrewH98. Special thank you to Karen Amador for designing our incredible cover art. You can find her on Instagram at Elador. Say hi to your favorite tree. Say hi to your favorite beach.